0: Hello everyone, this is Scott Rochelle and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams, do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to look at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers as they each head in to their Week 10 matchups in the NFL. And we will look to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money in the betting markets. So, just like last week, we have a Thursday night game in our hands. And this week, it will be with the Oakland Raiders, so we will start with them. And without further ado, we're going to dive right in as the Oakland Raiders uh, take on the Los Angeles Chargers at home on Thursday Night Football The Raiders originally opened up as a one point favorite. They're currently a one and a half point underdog, so you have seen a favorite switching in that one in the betting markets. And the over under has gone upward from 47.5 to 48. The Raiders did win last week at home against the Lions by a score of 31 to 24. Very entertaining game, not much defense played. Raiders, Raider Nation definitely showed up for their first home game in about two months as the Raiders were able to come away with the victory. A leading the charge was Derek Carr, who ended up completing 20 of his 31 pass attempts for 289 yards with two passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Meanwhile, rookie running back Josh Jacobs was great once again as he had 28 carries for 120 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, as he has been a very serious dark horse candidate to win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he's probably the favorite right now going into the clubhouse, and he will look to do even more to further cement his case on Thursday night against the Chargers. Meanwhile, in the passing game, uh, Darren Waller didn't really do much last week, two receptions, 452 receiving yards. He had two separate big plays for over 20 yards, but then he also pretty much did nothing in the entire second half, and uh, you look for him to make a bigger impact on this game. And as well as future weeks uh, moving forward. But overall, uh, what has been a pleasant surprise has been the emergence of wide receiver Hunter Renfro, who had six receptions for 54 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown last week. It was actually the go-ahead in-game winning uh, receiving touchdown, but that is the second straight week that he has found the end zone, so it appears that he has blended quite nicely with John Gruden's system, and he and Carr now have some type of chemistry that will look to carry uh, Forward in future weeks. Meanwhile, Tyra Williams, star receiver, didn't really do much last week as he had three receptions for 48 receiving yards. And more importantly, his touchdown streak has officially come to an end as he was unable to get into the end zone on Sunday. However, this will be a revenge game for him as he gets to face the former team that got rid of him during the offseason. He will look to embarrass them as much as possible on Thursday night. However, the defense was embarrassing. Uh, You know, speaking of embarrassing – on Sunday, as they gave up 406 passing yards and three passing touchdowns to Matt Stafford. They did have two sacks, and they did force two turnovers, but they definitely have to do a better job at you know, getting after the quarterback and uh, just you know, actually forcing some constant pressure and improving their coverage skills against opposing wide receivers, because they have been torched in recent weeks, whether it was Aaron Rodgers, who ended up having six total touchdowns, or it was Matt Stafford. It seems like teams are just moving the ball at will through the air, and it seems like the Raiders will have to improve on that drastically if they plan on making the playoffs, but that remains to be seen. Now, in terms of the injury report, offensive tackle Trent Brown is questionable for this game with a knee injury. However, he was a limited participant in practice, so he is expected to play in this one. Uh, Center Rodney Hudson, who was uh, questionable going into last week's game, did play, then he ended up getting injured in the middle of last week's game. He is also... Uh, questionable for this game, but he was limited in practice with an ankle injury, so he is expected to play. However, the Raiders will be a bit thin on the depth chart at the defensive end position. As defensive ends, Arden Key and Josh Morrow will both be out for this game, so look for uh, Farrell as well as Crosby to potentially see more snaps in order to compensate for the lack of depth and they will look to do the most with those added reps. Now switching gears to the Chargers, they also looked really good last week as they were able to beat the Green Bay Packers at home by the score of 26 to 11. Philip Rivers had a very efficient 21 of 28 day for 294 passing yards with the, with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. Receiver Mike Williams had three receptions for 111 yards. Titan Hunter Henry, who has been great whenever he has been healthy in his career, but that has been an issue during his entire career, he had seven receptions for 84 receiving yards. And running back Melvin Gordon had 20 carries for 80 yards and two touchdowns, not to mention the fact that Austin Eckler also had 70 rushing yards off the bench. So the Chargers definitely looked for a very balanced offensive attack, considering the fact that they ended up switching offensive coordinators. And It appears that that move was the right one, as this team dominated the time possession. They kept Rodgers off the field, and they were able to move the chains, whether it was through the air or on the ground. And it seemed like Green Bay was completely guessing out there whether or not it would be a pass or a run play. And the Chargers kept the Packers on their heels, put the pedal to the metal uh, for all four quarters, including a Really risky attempt to go for it on fourth and goal when a field goal would have put them up three possessions. But Melvin Gordon was able to power into the end zone for a touchdown, which essentially put the game out of reach. So the Chargers will look to get back to 500 with another victory in this one. And it could a 5-5 five and five record could potentially bring them back into the hunt for the AFC West title as they are currently in third place. But if they do beat the Raiders, they will technically move ahead and move into second place, and potentially a game behind the Chiefs if the Chiefs are unable to win against Tennessee on Sunday. But overall, in terms of the injury report, overall, the Chargers are pretty healthy. They do have some concerns, though. Linebacker Denzel Perryman did not practice all week. He is a game-time decision for this game. If he is able to go, that is huge, as he has been quite the veteran presence for this organization in his stint with them. So he will look to potentially provide a spark if he is able to go. Other than that, though, defensive tackle uh, Brandon uh, Mebane was limited in practice this week, and he is also questionable. He's a veteran, former Seahawk. He has been there and done that in the NFL, and he brings a veteran presence, so it will be pretty important if he is able to go in this game. Now, in terms of the trends for this game, the trends support the Chargers, as the Chargers are 4 0 ATS in their last four Thursday night games, and they're also 8 1 ATS in their last nine games in November. Meanwhile, the Raiders are 0-4 ATS in their last four meetings with the Chargers in Oakland. So the Chargers have dominated uh, the series in recent years, and they have dominated on Thursday night as a whole. So for that reason, I will be leaning to the Chargers on this one. I find the fact that the favorite changed in the middle of the week. Raiders went from minus 1 to plus 1.5, I find is a bit concerning for the Raiders, and I think the Chargers will win this game by the score of 27-20, to which means that I like the Chargers minus 1.5, and I like the under 48.5. Simply put, the Raiders' defense leaves a lot to be desired, plus now you have issues with the defensive line depth. I think that the Chargers' new balanced approach on offense should pay dividends, uh, as Gordon should go for a couple of rushing touchdowns, and I think they as a whole, Eckler and Gordon will be a lot to deal with as the Chargers will probably run for over 120 yards as a team. Plus, the Raiders' pass defense has been terrible, to say the least, and the Chargers have been great on offense with Okung back in the lineup for the offensive line. I think Rivers should throw for at least 270, give or take. I think Keenan Allen will have a big game after a pretty quiet day on Sunday. I think he'll go for a touchdown. I think Mike Williams will do pretty well as well. I think Hunt I think that Hunter Henry will cause some issues for the Raiders linebacking core, and I think you should see the Chargers do pretty well. Uh, Other than that, though, the Raiders offense has been good, and I think they will continue to do well. However, I am a bit concerned with the injuries with regard to the offensive line with Brown and Hudson, especially considering the fact that some of them might have to deal with Bosa and Ingram with the Chargers defensive line, which is a bit of a concern. But simply put, I like the under here because I think both teams will try to milk the clock, Through the ground game, they'll try to dominate time possession. The Raiders aren't typically known for a lot of big plays in the offense. You have the occasional big run by Josh Jacobs, but as a whole, they like to slowly and methodically move the ball through the West Coast system of throwing the ball relatively short, moving the chains, which should should eat up a lot of clock in the Chargers. They're more willing to take deep shots, but they also kind of like to do the same thing and I think this game will be uh, a bit on the lower-scoring side. So I will lean to the under on that one, but I would lean to the Chargers minus the one-and-a-half as I think they will get the job done on the road on Thursday night. Now, if you want more information about the Raiders exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Chargers. Uh, Also, uh, he'll go through just the overall season and his thoughts on – what the Raiders can do moving forward that could potentially pay dividends and get them into the playoffs. If you're also interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Now, switching gears... We mentioned the early game as they as we have a matchup on Thursday night. We also have a late game matchup as we will have the last game on the card for week 10 in a Monday night football matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. The 49ers open up as six and a half point favorites. They're currently down to six-point favorites, and the over-under has taken heavy steam as the as as the total has gone from 44.5 to 47. The 49ers are still undefeated as they ended up beating the Cardinals last week on Thursday night by the score of 28-25. Jimmy Garoppolo had a great performance, his best performance with the organization, in my opinion, as he ended up completing 28 of his 37 pass attempts for 317 passing yards with four touchdowns and zero interceptions. Running back Tevin Coleman, though, after his huge uh, performance against the Panthers, came back down to earth dramatically as he only had 12 carries for 23 rushing yards the team as a whole though did have 31 carries for 101 yards which is okay they only averaged 3.3 yards per carry and had zero rushing touchdowns they will look to get back on track against Seattle's poorest defense now in terms of the receiving core George Kittle had six receptions for 79 receiving yards with one touchdown and wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders had seven receptions for 112 yards and one touchdown as well So Sanders has looked great since he joined the organization via trade, and he has gotten into the end zone in both games so far with the organization. Now in terms of the 49ers, great news in terms of the injury front, as you have some key names returning to practice. Uh, Joe Staley returned to practice, starting right tackle, Mike McGlinchey did return to practice, and fullback Kyle Juszczyk did return to practice as well. So they are all expected to play in this game, which will do a lot for this ground game which has already done pretty well but after such a underwhelming performance in the ground game look for them to get back on track with all three of these key pieces expected to play in this game however some negative news in terms of the injuries George Kittle the star tight end did not practice this week after suffering a knee injury in the fourth quarter against the Cardinals he is questionable for this game according to all reports he is going he is expected to play and the coaching staff does expect him to play but one has to wonder how much his mobility will be limited after he was forced to forfeit some snaps in the fourth quarter due to his inability to move with his knee. So look for that. In other news, though, you have had some news on the kicking front, as kicker Robbie Gould will likely not play with a quad injury, and kicker Chase McLaughlin, sorry about that, kicker Chase McLaughlin will take his place if Gould is unable to go. Uh, it's not officially ruled out, though, so Gould could potentially go. But so far, it appears that all reports show that he will most likely not be able to go. However, I know that Gould is a big name, and I know he's clutch, but he has only made 13 of his 20 field goal attempts this year, so he hasn't had a bit of a down year. So maybe not much will change with regard to that, but it is worth mentioning. In terms of the defense, though, San Francisco's defense has been a top-two unit all season long, but they were pretty underwhelming last week. They did have three sacks, but they gave up 357 yards. For 0 turnovers, and also gave up 25 points. So now they have to deal with another mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson after having to deal with Kyler Murray, and hopefully they will be able to get back on track on this one. Now, switching gears to the Seattle Seahawks, they were able to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a thrilling game last week at home in overtime by the score of 42-34. Russell Wilson... Uh, Probably the favorite to win the MVP right now was fantastic last week as he completed 29 of his 43 pass attempts for 378 passing yards with five passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Meanwhile, running back Chris Carson had 16 carries for 105 rushing yards. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett had 13 receptions for 152 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. And wide receiver DK Metcalf had six receptions for 123 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. However, uh, Seattle's receiving core actually got a little bit of a boost during the break as they ended up signing Josh Gordon, who was expected to make his season debut on Monday after the Patriots waived him due to injury. Uh, so look for him to potentially play. I'm curious how many snaps he will play as he is unfamiliar with the Pete Carroll system. But overall, uh, Gordon is a big play threat and he has had a big impact in some games whenever he's actually on the field, which has been a concern due to some off-the-field issues, but overall, he could potentially provide a spark with Seattle. I doubt it'll be this week, uh, potentially in the future, he could play a huge role in Seattle's passing game, as Wilson will look to further cement his MVP case. However, Seattle's Achilles' heel this season has been their defense, as they gave up 34 points last week, along with 418 total yards of offense, while forcing just one turnover against turnover-prone James Winston. So now that they have to face Garoppolo off a hot week, and the 49ers... Potent rushing attack. Seattle's defense could be in for a very long Monday night. In terms of the injury report safety, Quandre Diggs is doubtful with a hamstring injury, which is an issue because he is a veteran uh, was pretty solid with the Lions earlier on in his career, but after their secondary got absolutely torched last week by Mike Evans and Jameis Winston, having him back could be a big deal, but he is currently doubtful, so that shouldn't really matter. In terms of other news, though, tight end Ed Dixon is off IR, and he might play this week, so look for him to potentially get the start at tight end. Now, in terms of the trends for this matchup, the 49ers are 4-1 against the spread in their last five games following it against-the-spread loss. The 49ers are also 40... The 49ers have also been really good on Monday night. The 49ers specifically are 27 and 7 against the spread in their last 20 in their last 34 Monday night games. So I'll, I'll say that once again. The 49ers are 27-7 against the spread in their last 34 Monday night games, which is absolutely absurd. And also the Seahawks are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games following an against the spread win. So based on that, I will be taking the 49ers to win this game outright. I think they will cover the spread. When you look at the number, six seems like a pretty high number considering the fact that Seattle has been a really solid team. But I think that their defense is just that bad. I think the 49ers should be able to move the ball relatively easily with their uh, passing attack now You know, figuring itself out, the rushing attack being great. And now they still have Staley, McGlinchey, and Check who are all expected to return. I think that this full-strength 49ers offense, or for the most part, with the exception of Kittle, should be able to do whatever they want offensively, and I think the 49ers should be able to score 31 points. I think Seattle will cause some issues for the 49ers defense, who struggled against the mobile quarterback with Kyler Murray on Thursday. However, now the 49ers went from Thursday night to Monday night. They've been given an extra amount of days to prepare, and I think they will be better prepared to handle the mobile quarterbacks. I still think Wilson will be able to get his own as Wilson has been pretty much unstoppable. But I think the 49ers' pass rush should be able to get after Wilson as Seattle's offensive line has been an issue for many years. I think you still should see Seattle score 24 points, but I think the the 49ers should be able to cover the spread and win this game. So, I like the 49ers to win by the score of 31-24, to which means that I like the 49ers to cover the six-point spread, and I also like the over 47. However, if you want more information about the 49ers exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast, hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to find me personally, you can find me at Shell Radio on Twitter. Other than that, though, that's going to over this installment of Betting Bay Area. And good luck to all of you and your respective bets. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.